Words from the Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. So good morning, welcome to the house of God. It's great to have you guys. Such a joy to be here and to be doing life with you guys. Um, we trust God that God will continue to teach us how to overcome the challenges of life. This morning we're going to just share some thoughts. Just going to share some thoughts uh, together. And the title is very innocuous title. So I had to explain it. Stay away to the sky. You know, when we talk about the sky, what do we think about? This is some alternative thoughts. Clouds. We think heaven. We think above. So you can say stay away to heaven. Stay away to the spirit. Do you understand? So I had to explain it because it's an, not a very common title to use for a message. Stay away to heaven. Why do we need to lift up our eyes to heaven? Because we live in a fallen world. The world is like a ship that is going to sink. The world is like a plane that is going to crash. The fate of this world has been decided. The Bible says this world and the elements of this world will melt away with great and fervent heat. The Bible also tells us don't build your treasures on this earth. Look beyond the earth. Unfortunately for us, we're visual beings and all we can see is the earth. So most of our sorrows come from building castles in the earth. And the intangibility of the spirit world. You know, we're trying to see heaven, but we can't see it. And because we can't touch heaven, the earth becomes more real. And because if you keep talking about heaven, where are you going to sleep tonight? Do you understand? You're not going to sleep in heaven tonight. So the, the reality of the current is real. Do you understand? Okay, what if you are hungry tomorrow morning? I keep saying heaven, heaven, heaven. Do you understand? This is actually the reality of living life on earth. So as part of the fall, men fail, situations change. Systems collapse, organizations implode. I want to tell you something. There's a life in God that all men only have a little knowledge of. Even the best of us who are Christians have a little knowledge of the life of God. We don't have all of the knowledge of the life of God. We only see dimly that life of God. And in moments when God really opens himself up and shows us his life, sometimes, can I tell you something? We don't want it. There was a man who, I, I spoke about this once. He was, his name was Dr. Noah Woodruff. So Dr. Noah Woodruff was a man who spoke about one time he had a meeting and the presence of God came. The presence of God came into the room. The presence of God came like a physical cloud. Everybody was terrified. 
nobody moved. It's like a cloud came into the room. Everybody was on their faces for like two hours. Nobody moved. When the presence of God really comes, Joel chapter 2 says, You've been asking for the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord. Don't you know that the day of the Lord is fire? Malachi chapter 3 says, Who can stand when he appears? For he is like the launderer's soap and like the refiner's fire. Malachi chapter 3 says about how God's word is like a launderer's soap and like a refiner's fire that burns. And when we hear it, <laughs> it's scary. So there's a life in God that we haven't participated in yet because our humanity doesn't understand it fully. So we don't really desire it as such. That's not what we're looking for. This divine life is very difficult for to grasp from the earth. Part of the reason why we can't grasp divine life is because natural life is real. Natural life is being broadcasted every day. Everywhere you look, natural life is being promoted. And people operate sensually with their mind, what they can see, what they can touch, what they can feel, what they can handle. So this spiritual life is very far-fetched. So Dr. Noah Woodruff said that he came to this meeting, in this prayer meeting, the presence of God came down tangibly and the atmosphere was dense and the worshippers were worshipping when the presence of God hit ground. And from that time, there was total pandemonium and chaos in the hearts of people, but nobody moved. Everybody was so scared as to what will happen to them. Nobody moved. That after two hours, it just felt like the cloud was lifting gradually. The pastor tiptoed to the stage and picked up the mic and said, you are dismissed. That's what the presence of God looks like. The Bible says, the Lord is a consuming fire. God says, no one sees the Lord and leaves. When we really see God, not just this nice song or nice atmosphere or warmth that we feel, He is also a fire that burns. Our humanity cannot contain the energy of God's power at work. God's power is so intense, is so powerful, is so total that anyone who encounters the power of God will not be normal. You cannot stay the same. You cannot stay the same when you touch the power of God. And I want us to be desirous, a little bit desirous of the power of God. I want us to have some anticipation inside of us of the power of God. There is the power of God that we haven't touched yet. That is why God comes to give us access. God wants to give us a stairway. God wants to give us a route by which to enter the Spirit. God wants to give us the principle. God wants to give us the way. God wants to teach us how to walk into the place where He is and to do life from there. For those who do life 
from that realm really do life from a realm of victory. Amen. When you do life from God's realm, the power of God will be real in your world. Is there anyone here hungry for the God kind of life? Hungry for the way heaven does life. Desirous of supernatural power. Hallelujah. That's why God wants to give us a stairway, a stairway, an access road into the life of God. And if you're sitting here this morning and you feel sort of disconnected from God, that's why we're here. You've been a believer for a long time, but this God thing is not really working for you. That's why we're here. You've been following God, but you don't know whether you're really one of His. That's why we're here. You've been running after righteousness, but you don't feel like you've arrived. That's why we're here. We're here to access divine life. We're here to access the supernatural. We're here to touch God. We're here to touch His life and His power. Amen. So, there's a life in God that men are not aware of yet. Let's read this together. This is what God is saying to us. Let's read it together. One, two, go. Arise, my dearest. Hurry, my darling. Come away with me. I have come, as you have asked, to draw you to my heart and to lead you out. For now is the time, my beautiful one. The bondage of your barren winter has ended and the season of hiding is over and gone. The rains have soaked the earth and left it with blossom and flowers. The season for singing and brilliant divines have arrived. I hear the cooing of doves in the night in the air with songs to awaken you and guide you forth. Can you not discern this day of destiny breaking forth around you? The early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth. The budding vines of new life are now blooming everywhere. The fragrance of their flowers whispers. There is change in the air. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to a higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove, hidden in the split open rock. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. Awesome. Let me, this was God cooing out to you. This was God's entreaty for you. This is God's voice calling out to you. This is God placing and saying he loves you. This is Songs of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 10 to 14. He shows you the stairway to the sky. He shows you the access into the spirit realm. Can somebody read chapter 2, 
Songs of Solomon chapter 2 verse 14 from the New King James Version. This last place it says, I like to hear your voice in worship. I like to hear your heart in worship and your voice in prayer. That's amazing. Oh my dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the cliff, let me see your face, let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. It's lovely. Your voice is sweet. Can you imagine how God sees us? That He doesn't see us with all the problems. Do you know? It's amazing His vision. Another thing about God is His faith. For Him to believe in us, like we're going to change the world, like He wants to change the world, and His people like us, He puts on the earth and says, "You are the change agent of the world." And like God, like you really trust me, like. <laughs> And do it and he says no you are it's amazing how God has faith that is you he trusts to do what he wants to do in the earth even when you don't believe he has faith do you know God doesn't think only of Christians sitting in the hall God thinks of the whole world God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so this whole enterprise then is not just for us he loves us first, but we are his access ways to the earth. We are his people in the world. We're his partners on earth. We're his co-sojourners on earth. And when God comes, what God wants to do is to connect us to himself. So Christianity, therefore, is not just about worshiping and worshiping only. Christianity, therefore, is about a love that is supposed to be redemptive in nature. That after God has worked on, upon us, then we become agents of something. That's where we are coming to very soon. Give me the next slide. So, there's a man who had this vision. Let's read about him, Genesis 28. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran. Let's read all the way to verse 19. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it on his head. And he laid down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed. And behold, a ladder was set down upon the earth, and its top reached the heavens, and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel because the name of that place before had been Luz. 
to a place called Luz. He renamed Luz to become Bethel. Bethel meaning best, the house, El of God, Elion, Beth, El, Beth, El, Beth Elion, Beth Eliel, Beth Elion, Beth El, Elohim. Amazing, right? This is the house of God. This is the house of God. Hallelujah. How awesome is that? I don't know about you. Jacob was going through trauma. He was really afraid of his brother Esau. And he was running away. And that night, fear was his companion. In the time of his biggest distress, when he had no one to look up to, he was running away to the house of Laban, a man who he wasn't too familiar with. It was a time of uncertainty in his heart. It was a time when he didn't know where to go. It was a time when there was confusion all around him. There was trouble. Trouble was familiar with him. He was troubled. And at that time was when a ladder in his dream dropped from heaven. And if you see the previous picture, I like this photo. You know, this ladder was not just a ladder of white angels coming down with rope. I did some artist impression, by the way. These were angels. What were these ones carrying? Can you see what they were carrying? This one's carrying goods. This one's carrying fragrance to call in oil, babies, little angels. You know, sometimes you have to expand your mind. I really love this painting because of that. Like I was saying on Wednesday, sometimes we think like heaven is going to be boring. I've heard people say that, you know, uh, hell is going to be better than heaven. So people say that, oh, Bob Marley will be there. And Fela will be there. And Michael Jackson will be there. Beat it, beat it. Turn, turn, turn. They'll be dancing in hell. So people think like, oh, when we arrive in heaven, we're all going to wear white dresses. Boring white dress and we'll just be going around. Holy, 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 holy. No, no. God is way more intelligent than that. Like I said on Wednesday, God is the one designing the year and putting the technologies of the future there. God is the one creating new human beings who are going to understand the future. God is the design. He's the master craftsman. In the hundred years, God has already reached a hundred years and come backward. God is not intimate. So guess that holy was Bible writers putting something there in the heart of God. Like the Bible says around the throne of God is jasmine, jasper, all types of precious stones. It was like the throne of God is like fireworks like awesome fireworks fireworks you've never seen lightning thunder you know if, if you explained the fireworks to somebody who lived in the year 1400 how will he say he will say, he will say it's lightning do you understand so this bible writer saw heaven and they were trying to describe it god's throne is so awesome and so powerful and so mind-boggling that the elders who say, say, wow, awesome. But if you're going to describe it and you lived in the year 100 BC, what are you going to call it? Holy. 
But guess what it really is? Cool, powerful, awesome. Do you know, like God himself is so innovative. So, the whole idea of white robes and this thing is actually the most a human being can be. Glistening, shining, that's what it means. That if you see that human being compared to this human being, the frailty of this human being, the brokenness of earth, the wretchedness of humanity, the limitation of this body. Paul calls this body the body of our embarrassment. You yourself know that if you wake up in the morning, you don't put some makeup on this body, what's going to look like? Your mouth is going to smell. You're going to come out looking like something. Your hair is going to jump in the sky. You're not going to look pretty. Keeping this body is a lot of work. Because this is a body of embarrassment. But that heavenly body is cool, it's hot, it's sizzling, it's never old. You want to go through a wall, you just walk through the wall. Do you understand that God is more innovative than we think? Do you know the technology of disintegration has been invented in heaven already? So God wanted to visit a man called Jacob in the middle of his trouble. And God sent angels to show him a little bit of what the end looks like in the middle of your crisis what you need is a vision of the sky what you need is a vision beyond this realm when your troubles hold you bound what you need is to open your eyes to the realm of god to how god sees that is liberty when you can see what god sees when you can see the power of God, when your eyes open in the spirit and you can know the realm of God, your problems become small in the light of the vision of God. There is more. Turn to your neighbor and say, there is more. There's more you don't know. There's more you can't see. There's more that this body can't can contain. There's a lot more in God. There's an unlocking that's required. There's grace in heaven. There's power with God. There's insight in the spirit realm. And those who connect to that realm begin to understand what God is doing. That's what happened to Jacob. And God began to speak to him. The same promises God gave to Isaac. The same promises God gave to Abraham. Those are the promises God gave to him. I will make your name great. This land which you this, which you lying on, I will give to you. This place is yours. This is your territory. This land where you're running away from is your land. Do not be afraid, Jacob. Do not be afraid, oh Jacob, my son. I love you. I love you. I don't know where you are. This land is yours. This place where you're occupying is yours. That career in your hand is yours. That place where you stand today is yours. That business is yours. I will give you that land, says the Spirit of God. It doesn't matter what is going on right now. It doesn't matter the containment. It doesn't matter that you're running away from Esau. It doesn't matter that you even did some wrong things. But at this point in time, God is smoothing things. God is making rough places smooth. God is restoring the brokenness around you. God is repairing the breach and turning things around. He's changing things because He loves you. He 
is calling you and said let me show you the access way let me show you the staircase to the heavens let me show you the staircase to the sky let me open your eyes again let me reveal to you the secrets of the spirit and show you one more time who I am to you though I love you with all my heart I love you with everything I love you says the Spirit of God hallelujah John chapter 1 verse 47 to 49 okay Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him and said to him Behold an Israelite in whom there is no guile. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael, when he heard this, said to him, Rabbi, you are son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, you now believe. You see greater things than, than this. Verse 51. And he said to him, Most assuredly, I said to you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. It's just something about ascending and descending. You saw it with Jacob. You saw Jesus declaring as a standard over Nathaniel. When Nathaniel had seen the works of God and heard Jesus say, say something miraculous, God actually designed us to ascend to heaven and descend from heaven. Heaven was not supposed to be something far away. The sky is a realm that God wants to open us to from time to time. God wants to show you more. But are you ready for more? Are you ready for more? So let's go back to the PowerPoint again. I think the last scripture there, John 8, 23. And he said to them, You are from beneath, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Therefore I say to you that you will... You are from the earth, I am from above. Jesus, we read in the morning as we were praying, he said that I don't do anything of my own. What I do exactly what I see the Father do. What do you do? Can I ask you about your own actions? Where does your actions originate? Do you know the media today doesn't tell the news? They actually create and fabricate the news. Ever watched CNN recently? Trump this, Trump, 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 Trump. Then they remember, oh, there was a landslide in Guatemala. Guatemala's landslide, half a second, back again, Trump, 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 Trump. Trump. We must take Trump down. Do you understand? Not like the guy is good. The best news I recommend to you is Euro News. They put a camera with a microphone. You see the event happening, and they're right on top, no comment. 
you can see the event happening you can see the accident car crash you can hear the people crying you know it's an accident they put the location and the time you make the news by yourself not the one that you're creating the news and telling and weaving a story about how you think this person is bad this person is good you're creating good and evil so people making the news not telling the news and you know you keep hearing some of you hate Trump like some of you in this church right now you hate him so much you don't even know where your hate came from CNN because you don't know him you don't have met him CNN says he did this he, and then he did this he just said this about women then the feminist inside of you just gets do you know some of you the hate you have is not from you it's environmentally generated the paradigm you have may not actually be yours because we mop we mop as human beings who are magnet as we go through life we magnet things we feel vibes we feel things we receive these things they come into us and as a result we are now going you're now becoming a heavy magnet of all types of idiosyncrasies and paradigms you don't know where they came from not God do you know if God wanted to meet you guess what God wants to do to detox you to take away the magnets inside of you and then all dust begins to fall off of you everything begins to fall off of you so Jesus looking at these people said you are from the earth your paradigm is from the earth what you believe was created in the earth I am from heaven what was he talking about then he wasn't just talking about living in heaven he wasn't just talking about going to heaven after he died he was talking about the place where his worldview emanated from I think heaven I live heaven I drink heaven that which consumes me is heaven that which I see God do I do on the earth I do nothing of my own what I see the father do that I do and my judgment is always right because I'm not environmentally generated if you love that say amen that's what he calls you to be a heaven walking on earth that whatever happens your mind is anchored in God what God is saying number one do you know all that love God has for you it's not just about you it's about you as a redeemer why does a man love his son let's think about this why does a man love his son is this just because his son is a natural forebear or is it just because his son looks like him why does a man love his son can i tell you why because the son is the aftermath of him because his son is the sustainer of what the father believes because the son is the perpetuator of the lineage of the man because the son is the better of him do you know what god intended malachi chapter 3 chapter 4 says it 
I will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Why? Because the, the lowest place you're supposed to jump from is where your father stood. Your father's highest place is supposed to be your foundation. So our mothers have created something. We jump from the experience of our mothers to a new level. Our fathers have created something. We jump from the experience of our fathers to a new level. We don't start all the way from the scratch. If your mom has learned something, why do you need to learn it again when she can give it to you for free? If your dad has learned something, why do you need to learn it again? If you accept their advice, guess what? Their lowest level will be your the highest level will be your lowest because you already know what they know and on top of that you learn new things that's why people love their sons their sons are supposed to be the aftermath of them god loves you not just for you for the aftermath of god so the earth belongs to the sons of men who is going to reach the earth say i so God's love for you is actually a little selfish, actually. God loves you perfectly. As a man spares his son whom he loves, Malachi says. Malachi chapter 3, I will spare you as a man spares his son whom he loves. Now, God loves you, but his love for you is not just about you. It's about what you're supposed to do on earth. That's number one. That's why I said this. It's not about you alone. It's about you, but it's not all about you. Number two, get up from where you are. These are clear words. But as I mulled over this message, God was saying, get up from where you are. You sat so long around one mountain. You've gone round and round the same situation. You stayed there from too long. You've given excuse for why you are there. This is your story. This who you guys don't understand me. This is how I am. No, get up from where you are. <laughs> I don't know how to say this, but I just heard the Spirit of God say, "Stand up from where you are. Stand up. Stand up. Preach this to someone. Let's practice this. Say, my brother, I want to speak to you. My sister, hear the word of God." Slap them a little and say, stand up from where you are. <laughs> no battery or assault intended. But something is doing you on the inside. You can't just keep quiet. Please don't leave them without shaking them a little bit. Shake them again and say, get up from where you are. Don't make excuses. Don't say this is how I am. Don't say this is where I was born. Don't say in 20 years ago somebody. No! Get up from where you are. This is not the end of you. This is not all that there is to you. There is another chapter in your life. There's another grace about to be released. There's something more God can do in your life. Get up from where you are. Stand up today. Stand up. Stand up. Go forward. March forward. Forward, stand up from where you are. Then, number three, live in the spirit, live in power, live in the spirit. The way of access into the sky is to live in the spirit, the way of access into God is to live in the spirit. 
is to bring the grace of God down is to tabernacle with God is to dwell with him do you know how to live in the spirit do you know I don't like praying but I know I need to pray because I don't like what my flesh looks like without prayer I don't like the powerlessness of being earthbound. I don't like the empty-headedness of my mind. I don't like the thoughts that fill my heart when I don't pray. So when I begin to pray, something begins to shift in my world. I begin to live in the Spirit. I begin to access more. When I begin to pray, I begin to say, God, you are my Father, my source, my everything. I begin to connect to heavenly beings. I begin to connect to the power that's above in the sky. I begin to touch something more than me live in the spirit i say live in the spirit do not live in the natural anymore i encourage someone here to break out of the natural box where all your thoughts are man-centered everything that you think about is earthbound everything that you hold on to is about the earth live in the spirit take yourself out from the realm of the natural and go into the realm of the spirit live therefore I say in the spirit hallelujah journey with God living with spirit has something to do with taking a journey there is a journey about your life your life is a journey if you sum it up now you'll be wrong if you total everything that has happened to you it will be a tragedy if this is all that there is to you it will not be enough if you stop here today it won't be okay that's why God is still giving you life every other day you have is for more every other day you have is because there's another story that's going to come this is not the end of the story so you need to take a journey you need to go with god you need to get beyond here you need to climb forward you need to inch forward journey with god take up your bed from where you lie and begin the journey today begin the journey begin the holy desire to go into the presence of god begin the holy desire to find out if god is real begin the holy desire to pray if, if you've never prayed before lift up your voice and pray one more time can we practice some praying this morning the journey of the spirit i journey into you i taxi into the divine i come into the realms of god i'm not normal i'm not earth-based i'm heaven-centered the thoughts of my mind are thoughts of heaven and lord god i give my heart to you that you take me on the journey take me on this odyssey of life and i will journey with you and i will go with you journey with god journey with god go on this journey divine journey with god let his grace be released over you i'm losing yokes this morning that men and women will be liberty in liberty to journey that brothers will be in liberty to climb that sisters will be in liberty to run i loosen the yoke from off your burdens i take the burden from off your back i break the chains around you you will be able to run you'll be able to run you'll be able to run you're no more you're no more broken you're no more defective the grace of god is healing you this morning the power of god is becoming real in your heart this morning the energy of the spirit is begin to come alive in you i speak to you to come alive i call out to the dry bones in you come alive come alive come alive 
receive the word of God some of you have been in church for so long and the power of God is not real today the Lord is changing that the Lord is asking you to journey with him he says live in the spirit come into another realm let me unlock the chapters around you let me lose in more that there is in you let me release you for the life of heaven let me show you how to do life come in the stairways of heaven come in the stairway to the sky raise up your eyes in the hills lift up your voice beyond this realm shout scream rise up before beyond the brokenness of this hour and journey in this path of the spirit in the stairways into the sky ram that the Lord will show you what the skies look like that your eyes will see heaven that you will participate in divine life that you will participate in the lands of God in that which God has beyond all understanding journey with God set your eyes beyond here and come in a new place where God's power is real. Live in the sky. Live from heaven. Live from the presence of God. Do you know, if you live in the sky, what will it look like? There'll be lots of head space in the clouds. Nobody seems to own it. Nobody seems to control it. The clouds is open. God wants you to live in open skies. So the configuration of your mind is His. But God celebrates liberty more than anyone on earth. Liberty is something from God. God doesn't control. God doesn't lock. God brings entreaty. Even when God knows what's good for you, He comes to ask you, would you like to do this? God is a perfect gentleman. You know, some morning he comes to you. Have you noticed how he comes to you in the morning? Would you like to pray today? Peace, would you like to pray today? He says to you like, do you think it's a good idea for you to take a fast? Don't you think you sort of like need an atmosphere of the spiritual around you? God is free. His liberty is powerful. His grace is awesome. God doesn't control you doesn't put a leash on your neck come with me by force no he brings entreaty and everything he offers us beautiful 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 Jesus is beautiful and Jesus makes beautiful things of my life tenderly touching me Causing my eyes to see Jesus makes beautiful things. So here's the process of life. When you give your life to Christ, there are three or so things. There are many things, but let's summarize them in three. God begins to ask you to renew your mind. Then you now get baptized. So we're going to do water baptism as well. Q1 of 2019. One of the things we're going to do, we'll talk about Envision Night tonight. Get baptized in the Holy Spirit. You begin to witness God in everyday life. That's only what? Stage one. 
So many people are actually in the place of giving their lives. But then there's another level of working with God. This new level I will call awareness of your covenant privileges. Who you are in Christ. Making God's voice a priority. That when you hear God, you obey. Walking in the spirit. This is not something you can do in one day. Some people take 20 years around here. Some of you know you're still here. You're still fighting whether God is in charge of your everyday life. Some days the devil, after you go home that night, you know, today, the devil I be. <laughs> like you know, you know, you were devil today. You heard the good voice telling you, don't fight them. You heard the good voice say, don't say anything. You tell the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, keep quiet. <laughs> Slap the Holy Spirit down. So you are still here in giving your life. But it's another place when you come into, when you begin to get aware of what God has done in you, His covenant with you, what He's done in the blood, what God has done. So that becomes your name. You're walking in the spirit. Of course, your flesh wants some things. Of course, you can hear the voice of your flesh. But you're walking in the spirit. So you do not permit your flesh to take over. You're walking in the spirit. So sometimes you don't reply. Somebody you know you're supposed to fight. You're walking in the spirit. So the spirit is drowning up your flesh. The spirit is... So this is where many older Christians are walking in the spirit but that's even still a level lower than where god wants us to be god wants us to embrace our divine call upon every one of you is a calling upon every one of you is a mandate upon each of you that's called is a space that god has called you to occupy say occupy there's a space God has called you to fill. There's something God has called you to do. But this will not be done by your own ideology. This will not be done by your own understanding of it. It has to be on God's terms and conditions. This is where the supremacy of God comes the most. You understand? So for me, for me to be a pastor this is where I got to one day God told me Moses you're running like no Lord, I'm not running come on Lord God you know me like just like Simon Peter like you know love me and I said like God you know I love you come on Lord I wouldn't even ask that kind of because you know that my whole family and I was just coming back from a missionary trip. Like, God, I was a missionary for you for three years of my life. I took my family and went off just because of you. So, I thought like I was good. But God says, no, you're running. I said, what do you mean? He said, you spoke to that, that man the other day. I said yes. How many hours did you speak to him? I said two hours. You know when God started interviewing you, you know you're in trouble. 
said, is the man okay now? I said, no, he's not okay yet. The Lord said to me, so what are you going to do about it? I said, ah, am I the Lord? You're the Lord now. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? <laughs> Why are you asking me? <laughs> you know, when God starts asking you questions, he says, you're running. He says, because of what you've been through, you don't want to do church anymore. Church is my vehicle. I want to put it over people until the change is done. Church is my teaching vehicle. Church is my journeying vehicle. I want to put it over, no matter what people say about the church, no matter the poison in the church, you understand what it means to be a true pastor. You understand what it means to love people. You understand what it means to journey with people. Go and build a vehicle and hold it over people until the change is done. People are going through stuff very hard places but they need someone who's going to hold an umbrella of light I say Lord but I have four daughters and I want them to be properly educated God nodded and said to me I want that too you know if there's anything that scares me is whether I'm going to be a good dad it's not a pastoring so that those girls who wake up you know how 40 year olds are crying right now my dad did not tell me love me and i'm like you're 40 years get over it <laughs> when are you going to forget what happened to you as a child come on move on but nobody ever forgets nobody ever forgets so if there's anything if you ask me a prayer point how many of you have I not told that I, I pray for my children that's the one thing I want to be good at and anytime God calls me to, to do something crazy that's my banner of need that's the banner I'll be flying Lord, children, children, don't forget check out God, children, children <laughs> God says I'm the one who will bring them to opportunity. I'm the one who opened doors before them. I'm the one who will do awesome things in their lives. I'm the one who loves them. I know you have what it takes to raise them. That's why I sent you four girls, four women, you know, and they're becoming women now. One of them is becoming voluptuous. And I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> like these are not the people I, I bird like a little baby just yesterday can I tell you guys something what is it you worry about do you know God knows he knows why you can't answer the call he knows what is it that is so important to you and in many cases these legitimate things are actually his own worry over your life too and he will take care of them after you lay hold of your covenant rights, don't forget that it's not all about you. You're called to be something in the world. You're called some to do something for God. Make your life count. Find your stairway to the sky and journey into all that God has in store for you. God bless you.